0: geek Steve, my name is marika
1: and my name is kelly
0: kelly what's happening in kelly world today
1: uh not much it's a very calm very mellow sunday i haven't left my house in several days and you know i'm just enjoying right now not having things to do that is exactly what sundays are built for
0: Um, My Sundays are apparently built for my children running around and screaming. So if you hear any children screaming in this audio recording, they're fine. Their father's with them. Everything's good. But yeah, having no obligations and no big things to do on a Sunday is so much sweeter than it happening like on a Thursday.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sometimes you say like, I haven't left my house in several days and people are like, oh no but you know, I'm a homebody. It's fine. It's a very like comfortable. Haven't left my house. Not a we should be concerned kind of (laughs) haven't left my house.
0: (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well, that sounds just perfect. Well, I'm only saying this because you announced your birthday on the podcast a few months ago. It was the day of, and you didn't let me know, which is a completely different vibe than what I'm about to say. But I'm having a really good weekend because a few days ago it was my 40th birthday. And so for that reason, I just feel like I have to mention it also because we're always talking about like the age discrepancy and now I'm officially 40. I don't know what that means. I have a year to discover what that means, but, um, it's, it's been a good weekend. It's been a weekend filled with, um, cakes and uh, presents. Oh, I didn't even tell you about my present. I'm so excited about a present I got from our coworker Celia. Oh, she, Celia gives
1: great gifts. She hand
0: forged a puar pick in the style of your puar pick, which people can see very often in your social media. So I now have a handmade twisted metal puar pick, which is perfection and glorious. I've already stabbed myself in the finger with it, so we've we've anointed it. It has, you know, it has been done, but yeah, that was, it's, it's been a good birthday for a lot of reasons, but I got, I got the poo, your poo, pick that I've been coveting since the moment you brought it into the office. (laughs) And I was like, what is this glory?
1: (laughs) I'm super, super excited for you though. I mean, obviously biased, but I fucking love that poor pick. And if I could just copy and paste that and give one to every like tea drinker, I know I would in a heartbeat. No, it's, it's beautiful. It's got, I
0: did like, I checked the balance, you know, by like balancing it on my index finger. It's got gorgeous balance. Uh, I hadn't pulled out my box of puar cakes in about two or three years. And so I just pulled them out when she gave them to me and we just tried with different, you know, some puars are tightly packed or they're, you know, we tried with different consistencies to see the lift and then we just drank a bunch of them and it was really, really cool. Um, we even drank one kind of relating to today's fandom. We drank one that I bought in China years ago that I actually never thought I would open, but I thought the moment was right. Um, it was a show pour from Bana, which is made by a small Muslim minority that lives there. And on the packaging is just a beautifully designed mosque it's just a really, really nice. Um, so I'd been saving that for a special occasion. So I used my new Pu'er pick and it was really, really, really nice, really smooth, very, very smooth, very typical of a show. Um, I haven't been aging it as properly as I should because apartments in Montreal and children and all that kind of stuff come into play. Um, but it was a really nice way to anoint uh, the whole afternoon. So that was fun. Wish you'd been there, but you know, can't, can't make
1: everything happen.
0: (laughs) I'll just have to bring it next time. I see. you.
1: (laughs) I'm excited to see it. Even if it's only in photo,
0: I'm sure she killed
1: it. Oh, she killed
0: it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. So, so that's it having a good weekend. It's a beautiful day. And I'm really excited about today's uh, uh, geekdom fandom because uh, it's a you pick. It's, it's okay. not,
1: though, actually. It's not?
0: Oh, Why do I, I never know it... remember this? It's not like we don't have pages and pages of
1: outlines, Kelly. Well, it feels like it should be, because it's definitely something that prior to this season, we talked about my potentially adding uh, as one of my choices. And, you know, we've discussed uh, now since we've both read it loosely some of our thoughts. And I mean, clearly I am a fan of and and know this fandom very well but it was actually picked uh by one of our viewers Jackie Allen so thank you Jackie Allen Yay. and when she suggested it i went yep because it <laughs> meant i got to sneak in another one of my fandoms so that's what we did i love it <laughs> That's perfect.
0: Oh my God. Okay. Viewer pick that you, um, co-opted. Absolutely. I was just going to say like, put to the top of the list. I mean, you didn't do it the first half of the season. So you did, you know, you didn't know enough to like wait. Um, but this is something I've been wanting to read for a very long time. So I'm super happy that a viewer suggested it because I think I probably would have done the same thing as you as, and been like, Oh yeah, I've, I've wanted to read this. Like, let's do it. It's great. But before we dive in, What's in your cup, Kelly?
1: I am drinking a cold brew today of Ultra Pink from Chroma Tea. It's only vaguely related uh, to today's fandom and only in the sense that the name Ultra Pink makes me think superhero. That's the connection and end of connections. But (laughs) it's an okay tea. It's A mix of like unflavored uh, strawberry pieces, schizandra, licorice roots, and coriander seeds primarily, uh, and hibiscus, sorry. Those are the main things. It's a weird, very savory kind of coating taste mixed with a very tart, sharp, sour berry. I don't love it, but I don't hate it, but it makes me think when I drink it.
0: I really enjoy that. Yeah. It feels like you need to pull it apart and kind of rebuild. Um, I don't know why I love coriander seeds so much. I see coriander seed on an ingredient list. And I know that a lot of the times it's filler, especially when um, talking to like spice blends, like, yes, it will lend a certain like Um, I was going to say body, but not a nice spice blend. Uh, it would, it'll add a certain element. There's like a light citrus that it can do or whatever. Um, but I just love coriander seeds so much and I know they use it as filler and I don't care. I'm just always happy to see it. And so when I see it in a tea, I'm always even more excited because it's not a common ingredient that you'll see in teas, but I find it does add something really, really cool to a tea when you do find one.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, Wish I had more excuses to blend and use coriander uh, at work and like with our our tea developments, but it's not a super popular spice uh, in North America, just like blanket statement as a generalization. So I also get really excited when I see it in a tea. Yeah, it's
0: crazy to me when people are like, "I don't like coriander. I never eat coriander." And you said like it's not a really popular spice. It's not in terms of people being consciously aware of it, but it's in every single blend. It's like coriander is almost in every single blend out there. (laughs) So people consume it all the time without knowing that they're consuming it. But anyway, I'm not. We're not going to turn this into a a steep spice or whatever. We're going to keep going with our teas. I'm excited. Because I'm hoping that the tea that I've picked is from a company you've never heard of, which is fucking unlikely, but I just, uh, we've never discussed it. So I went to a hardware store yesterday. (laughs) I'll get there. I'll get there. Hold on. I went to, there's this hardware store in a neighborhood called Westmount here in Montreal. And it's one of my favorite hardware stores because it's more of a lifestyle hardware store than it is like an actual like Home Depot. And they have, um, you know, that's where you, they have a wall, Kelly, of thermoses, like a wall, like you want a new thermos. They actually had a Captain Marvel thermos and a Captain America. thermos. Like they have just this huge, huge, huge. And they also have a quite sizable tea section and it's very specific what they have there. It's very much to the clientele of that neighborhood. And so there's Yorkshire tea company. Um, there's, uh, Oh shoot. What's the name of that? Um, there's a lot of tea companies that like at the moment, I cannot remember the name of, but it's like, think Fortnum and Mason, Mm -hmm. you know, think all of those pretty Very British, very, very British, very fancy tins, pretty tins. And so I usually just go there to, I don't know, see what's new, see what's happening. It's a tea section T-section. I'm obviously going to go. I don't know why I'm explaining why I'm going to a tea T-section. <laughs> um, but I saw this company that I'd never heard of before called
1: Bizoo. Oh, OK. Yes, I have. I have heard of them, but I have never tried any tea from them.
0: Okay. So I failed in my never hearing, but you haven't tried. Okay. I'll take the win. I'll take the win. Um, and they had your pretty typical, it's a very beautiful white tin. I'm showing it to Kelly right now. It's just, it's a great hermetically sealed white tin. Um, and they had, you know, you name it, the, the Earl gray, the Moroccan mint, like the, the regular cupboard staples. Yeah, Yeah. Cupboard staple teas. And they had a peaches and cream and it's on a black base. And I have been on a hunt. I've been drinking a lot of peach teas. It's that time of year. It's just peachy season. Davis tea has a new tea called peach pucker that I am just in love with. And this tea, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a black peaches and cream. I don't know what it is I'm looking for. But I haven't found it yet, Kelly, because this tea is perfectly fine. This tea is perfect. It's the base is there. It's got a really peach forward flavor. And it even has, it's kind of a floral peach more than a fruity peach. And you know how much I love floral teas. Um, it's a very European profile. I think this is a, it's distributed by Bizou Bar in Toronto. So it must be. A, a tea shop or whatever. Um, it's got everything that I should love on paper. And yet it's still not my peaches and cream. What am I looking for? What's my as my as my tea therapist, Kelly, what what the fuck am I looking for that I cannot find this?
1: I don't know. Um okay, we can like spend a little bit of time to unpack. (laughs) What All right, what is more important to you in a peaches and cream, the peach or the cream? I want a
0: perfect harmonious balance of
1: both, and I don't know why I cannot get one. So I think, from a blending perspective, peaches and cream as a flavor is always going to be really, really hard to execute if you're going for accuracy, right? Like if you're trying to recreate an actual dish of peaches and cream because peaches inherently got acidity to it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but cream, you know, is, is creamy. Words of wisdom here on the <laughs> Geeks Tea Podcast.
0: Cream but is creamy.
1: In a in a tea blend, it can be very unharmonious when you put like things like acidified apple or hibiscus, any kind of like acidifying agent uh into a blend with you know dairy included ingredients or like really intense cream or custard flavors because when you're tasting them as one blended in thing together and one like single sip it creates this weird like brain disconnect where you shouldn't be tasting acid and cream at the same time Mm. I don't know if that makes sense it's less weird when you're eating a food because you're still viewing them as separate things
0: right no it, it it does make sense it does make sense um, especially since I'm going to read off the ingredient list to you here. It's black tea, papaya pieces, blackberry leaves, calendula, sunflower, and jasmine petals. And they have put a plus sign between it, which I didn't know you could do, but so it's a combination of those three flower petals, peach pieces, and natural flavors. And that's- so- yeah, I think that's where I'm like, I want
1: more of the quote unquote natural flavors. So, my uh, interpretation, I guess, based on that ingredient list, not having tried the tea, there's no acidifying agent there. No. So you're stuck in a in a paradox where it's not really going to taste like a true juicy, authentic peach to you, unless there's some kind of acid, right? right. But if there wasn't too much acid or if they'd included um, like citric acid, malic, uh, or any kind of like acidified ingredient with the natural flavor, which I'm sure is probably a combo of peach and cream or custard, something like that, it would fall way too much on the other spectrum of, you know, uncanny, um, you can't be like acidic and creamy in one tea, it just breaks your brain sometimes right so you're i'm gonna guess my assumption my my uh diagnosis (laughs) is that you're struggling to find the perfect tea because it's just technically speaking with blending almost impossible to find that balance of authentic peach which does have acid um and then too acidic, right? Like you're never right. going to find the perfect mid road there. If, I don't know if that makes sense. But. It
0: does make sense. And the fact that you said, like, I didn't realize it because I, I always drink my teas hot first, even if they were meant to be iced. I'm just a really big believer in drinking my tea hot first because that's how I've been judging tea for you know the better part of 20 years. Um, But there is no acidifying agent, which means I could probably turn this into a latte and maybe just Mm -hmm. by the virtue of adding milk to it, because I think the, the peach flavor is nice. I really like it. It doesn't have that acidic quality to your point, but it is in my wheelhouse of the floral peach. And I do like a floral peach. I'm not, you know, there's some fruits where I'm like, just leave it alone. I need it to be acidic or whatever with a peach. It's kind of like how I feel about, um, vanilla, like give me an impression of vanilla. I'm okay with like an impression of it. Um, but maybe I think I I really want to top this with whipped cream. Like that's my, my instinct right now is to go get a can of whipped cream and just put that on top. So not like an intense like North American latte where it's like (laughs) you've taken all the milk from the cow to make this one latte, but like maybe just like a little bit more than an addition. And I'll get that creaminess that I'm looking for. It's a fun tea to play around with. You will be tasting it soon because I will be bringing it for you because I have many more questions that we cannot unpack (laughs) on this podcast, but thank you for being my tea therapist, Kelly. Um, I'm going to speak for you right now. If you have any other questions that you'd like to DM Geek Steep about and ask Kelly, hey, why can't I find a licorice tea that I like? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, are your services open to all?
1: <laughs> um, I will do my best.
0: There you That's all
1: I can promise.
0: <laughs> You're just so good at it. You just nailed it so perfectly. We hadn't discussed this before the podcast. So I'm just like, wow. You should charge for this. Oh wait, is that what tea consultants do? Oh, that's like a whole career. Oh, okay. Don't DM Kelly. She's a very busy woman. And and and, and forget it. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I just realized like you should be charging thousands of dollars for this. Okay, what are we talking about? We
1: are talking about Ms. Marvel. Ms.
0: Marvel. <laughs> right. I. Like I said, at the top of the episode, really excited to do this. This is a graphic novel. So exciting to get back into like holding a comic book in my hands. Uh, I have been wanting to read this for years and I specifically avoided it. I really avoided it. Um, But uh, I'm really happy that we did it. Do you want to get into what the geek and then we can talk about our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts?
1: Absolutely. So debuting in February of 2014, Ms. Marvel is a Marvel comic series that follows Pakistani American teenager Kamala Khan, though the character made her official Marvel debut in issue 14 of Marvel's Captain Marvel series. The series was created by writer G. Willow Wilson and editors Santa Amanat and Stefan Wacker, with illustration provided by artists Adrian Alfana and Jamie McKelvey. As a dormant inhuman, Kamala's superpowers are awakened following the events of Marvel's Infinity Arc when the Terrigen Mists are released into Jersey City. If you have no idea what that means, that's okay. It's not super super relevant at least for the comics we're discussing today. If you do know what it means though, <laughs> I feel like it's already told you a lot about the character. Her powers include the ability to elongate her limbs and torso drastically alter her size to become both small and large and to shapeshift into other people and objects, though she rarely uses the latter. Notably, Khan also has a healing factor capable of healing bullet wounds, though it does not work when she is using any of her other powers. The entertainment website ScreenRant has notably described her powers as basically Ant-Man and Mr. Fantastics combined. In 2018, Merriam-Webster added the word embiggen, which is used by Khan when she activates her ability to enlarge herself to the dictionary. As Marvel's first Muslim character to headline their own comic, Kamala Khan has had significant cultural impact. Aminat, who is Muslim herself, has stated that the series came from the desire to explore the Muslim-American diaspora from an authentic perspective. As such, the series follows not just Kamala's conflicts with supervillains, but also her conflict with her home and religious duties. A convert to Islam herself, Wilson has spoken about the importance of portraying Kamala as someone who has a complicated relationship with her faith, making a clear distinction that the comic is not just evangelism. Following her solo series announcement, the Muslima Media Watch, a diversity advocacy group positively noted, that the character was a window into the American Muslim experience and normalizes the idea of the American experience as Muslim, while comic book resources described the character as proof that Marvel Comics had shown yet again that they were committed to including groups of the American readership that had yet to personally be inspired by their heroes. In response to ads purchased in January of 2015 by the American Freedom Defense Initiative, which equated Islam to Nazism, Street artists began covering the ads with images of Khan alongside anti racist messaging, such as Islamophobia hurts us all. In a 2018 review of the entire series, the Wisconsin Muslim Journal described the comics as a rare burst of authenticity in what can so easily become cliched and cheap. Khan's design was based on artist Jamie McKelvey's redesign of Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, with care made to ensure it reflected the Captain Marvel legacy as well as her story and background. In order to honor Khan's cultural identity, her costume was mirrored after a Shalwar kameez, and the creative team made the intentional decision to omit a hijab from her outfit as the majority of teenage Pakistani Americans do not wear one. Originally running for 38 issues spanning October 2014 to March of 2019, the Ms. Marvel comic series has received over a dozen award nominations and was the winner of the 2015 Hugo Award for Best Graphic Story and the 2019 American Book Award winner, among others. Kamala Khan returned in an October 2019 comic reboot titled The Magnificent Ms. Marvel, which currently has 18 issues and is still in publication. Making her debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iman Vellani will be portraying Kamala Khan in the Ms. Marvel miniseries set to release on Disney Plus this week. (laughs) <laughs> and she will reprise the role as a lead character in the 2023 movie *The Marvels*, the sequel to 2019's *Captain Marvel* movie.
0: I cannot think of a time where we have been more timely with the release of an episode
1: because, yeah, Miss Marvel
0: is—it's out. It's it was—it's next Friday. It's
1: June the- well, June eighth or something like that. I think. Yeah,
0: which actually I think is like the day after we release this episode. So yeah, we are, God, you know, recording every other week has permitted us a lot more flexibility and just this timed out completely by accident, but incredibly perfectly. So I can't wait to see the series. I'm so happy. I've read it before I'm jumping into the series. Cause I think it's going to give me a deeper appreciation for it. Um, my history with Miss Marvel is as follows a, when they said they're releasing miss marvel as a new character i was like isn't miss marvel already a character like this is where i'm we're rewinding back to like 2013 2014 and i was like isn't miss marvel already a thing i was like i knew her from her appearances as uh carol danvers in x-men didn't even know she had her own series completely lost and then I read up a little bit more about it in like a BBC article. This wasn't in the, like, this wasn't like comic book news. I remember it very clearly it was BBC and they said they're introducing the first Muslim character to headline her own comic. And I got simultaneously like really angry in the same way that I, when I, when um I first saw Black Panther and I came out of the movies and I was like, wait, you're saying that black people could headline a superhero movie and it's awesome and super cool. And this is the first time we've done it in the year of 2016 or 2017. You get angry. I got angry that it hadn't happened before. I I was just like, you're like, I don't know how to celebrate this because it's, it feels like it's literally 30 years too late. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, this feels so late to me. And so when it did happen, I had that initial kind of like, yay, and then boo. And then Marvel, you better not just be pandering and just creating and just giving a character a Muslim background in order to be like, look at how diverse we are look at how cool we are. And so there was a lot of mixed emotions. (laughs) And instead of jumping on the bandwagon right away, I was really like, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to hear what everybody has to say about it because I feel like emotionally it's too much for me to handle and unpack right now. Um, and the reviews came in pretty quick and the reviews were excellent, like across the board for many, many different reasons. And, uh, then I had a baby and stopped going to comic book stores. That's what happened. Like literally it's the only reason I I just didn't have a chance to read it. I knew you were a fan. And so when we started talking and we started organizing geeks deep, like, like you said earlier, I was like, okay, she's going to come up. She's going to come up in one way or another. I just have to wait. Um, so it's been a long history, very emotional roller coaster. Um, how did you, what, what's your link to this?
1: You know, I wish I could say that I had like heard of her in an article or something like that, but honestly for a very very long time I had literally no clue the hero existed it was not a comic that was on my radar I hadn't seen her in like any guest appearances I mean the character has been incredibly limited in the other comics she's starred in which is kind of weird for Marvel truthfully but very easy I think to miss uh Ms. Marvel if you know you haven't had that intro, or someone hasn't recommended it to you. And I was really lucky. And I don't know if we've said this as much as we should, but I feel like we should scream it every time we talk about a comic book uh episode. Comic book store employees are the best.
0: They really are. They really the, the that whole environment, um just so welcoming, so cool, like so. I don't know. I always, I, I didn't feel like an outsider when I used to go to comic book stores. And as you know, I've detailed my history a lot in the past. It's very easy. Trinidadian, Guyanese, French, French, Canadian, queer women don't have like a club. Like we don't have a club, you know? So like, it's nice. I always felt really like welcomed and yeah. If you work in a comic book store, you are ultimately so cool. Like so awesome.
1: So I I was a big uh, Squirrel Girl fan, as you know. We've covered Squirrel Girl in the past, and I'm just really fortunate that at one point I was checking out a Squirrel Girl comic. It was like the third I had picked up, or something like that. So enough that I think my local comic book store person knew, like, oh, like they've got her hooks in. You know, when you you go back enough, you're like, all right, all right, they're committed to to reading the whole thing. Um, And she just threw out as, as we were checking out, oh, you know, a lot of people who are fans of Squirrel Girl also really like Ms. Marvel. You know, if you're looking for another comic to read, maybe you should check this one out. And I like checking out new comics. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll throw in the next issue next time I order a comic. And it was so good. It hooked me you know we'll we'll get into it but like from the first page i was on board but you know ms marvel is gripped a lot with um i I feel like they have a name but i just kind of think of them as like the new age or like the 2010 ish era uh marvel women genre of comics and i'm talking like uh spider gwen squirrel girl ms marvel uh iron heart uh, america chavez they're all kind of grouped together into this like what's the word i want marika not like an awakening but and not a revolution but like somewhere in between a revolution and an awakening of of just female leads that represent all of these different backgrounds and kinds of people
0: yeah, I mean they are. It's a very diverse group of of young women, specifically. It's a it's a generational thing of of young women. Um, I feel like the difference with them and a lot of female characters that I've read. Not to say that I know all of them. I'm certainly not a comic book, uh, you know, historian by any means. Um, there is a a very quiet, but a uh, apparent and assured confidence when taking on their responsibilities and their powers. the The freakout time of having these powers is very, very short, and they step into their roles with like a kind of grace and confidence that you didn't really see in female characters in the past. There was a lot of like, but you're the hero. What am I supposed to do with these powers? <laughs> you know, like, And and there's a I don't know. It's just like they're ready to stand up for their community. They're ready to stand up for themselves. And it's not necessarily about them being diverse women. It's just that's what they do. And so it's it's a tonally I find it to be very, very different um, and very refreshing where it's, you know, it's not that typical or stereotypical uh, female character going like, what are we doing? You know they all even though they're very, very young, they all do seem to know what they should they should do. I mean they've in, they've inhabited a world of superheroes long enough that it would be odd if they didn't have some kind of inkling as to what next next steps are. but yeah, that's that, I don't know it's in it's in it's not a tangible thing to define them, but when you say that was group of female superheroes, I'm like, oh yeah, they're part of a of a new
1: wave for sure. So yeah, you know, page page one. <laughs> I guess you know start start with the start.
0: <laughs> I mean yeah start with the start. It's a great opening where you have so Miss Marvel's like 16, 15, 16? Um I think she's 16. Yeah and correctly. she's staring at those pre-made sandwiches that you get in convenience stores that's filled with bacon. And her friend, her friends are there with her. One of her friends works at the convenience store and she keeps asking him just to take out a sandwich so she can just smell the bacon. Because as um, uh, being of like the Muslim faith, she cannot eat it. And it's not played it's played for laughs, but in a super like respectful way, where she's like, I just want to smell it. It just tastes so good. And her other Muslim friend is like, you know, I've had like fake bacon. It's pretty good. Like you should try, like, I don't know, I don't like the tofu version of it or whatever. And she's like, No, I'm gonna stick to the rules, but the rules don't say that I can't smell it, you know?
1: <laughs> Which I think is just it's so well done. And it immediately informed me from that first page that this was a comic that was going to touch on some like big cultural and religious pillars that they were not going to shy away from having that conversation but that they weren't going to take themselves too serious while doing it and that was really reassuring to me as a reader because i have a really complicated relationship myself with religion and faith and I never would have thought to myself, oh, like I'm going to become this big fan of a comic that where faith and religion is a major theme of the, the protagonist. And and it happened.
0: Yeah, no, they presented in a way where, well, A, I think something that they did really intelligently was not paint the entire muslim faith with one brush and having characters all have different levels of implication within their own faith you know um kamala khan is not as you said uh she doesn't have a veil or a hijab or and i do not remember the names or differences between these things so if i slip up i apologize we're going to chalk it up to the fact that i have had three hours of sleep. Okay. But also I don't remember these things (laughs) very clearly, but she, she does have a, she does commonly wear a scarf around her neck so that if she should be covered, she, she can be covered. She has friends who are wearing hijabs. She has a brother who is taking his faith very, very seriously, praying multiple times a day, really studying the Quran. Um, So I really appreciated how they showed how multifaceted faith is and that, you know, there's de- different levels of implication and different things that are like important to different characters. So I immediately like, and they, and they, they show that within the first like five pages. So m- me as well, having a very complicated relationship with religion, I was like, okay, how is this going to be played out? And I just appreciated them again, showing the diversity that it's not all one thing. So yeah, it's
1: very realistic, you know, people practice their faith in a multitude of ways and I think the big one that really stuck with me her her best friend Nakia who is the one who does wear the the full hijab um and covers like all of her hair and is wearing basically like has no exposed skin essentially other than like her face and her hands Mm -hmm. she herself makes it very very clear early in the comic that she does that by her own choice and even her parents have clarified to her that it's not necessary and they don't want her to feel pressured to do it. And she has chosen actively that that's how she wants to express her faith. And that I think, you know, there's a multitude of layers here. I mean, they they go to, uh, to their mosque. And I mean, uh, the Muslim faith, when you, when you pray, uh, it is divided and separated women and men. And they they show that and how there's that barrier and that uh, gate, basically, that separates them. And I think it could be really, really easy to construe that all of this is very, like, forced upon the characters. And there's this, like, um, there's the sexism to it. And, no, I just really, really appreciated that so early on, the characters themselves, the women themselves, you know, were making it very, very clear that, no, 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 that's not what our life is like. That's not what our culture represents, what our religion represents. And I am making this choice for myself. And yeah. and it was just a relief to, okay, I don't have to worry about that. And it was established so early on that I just felt at ease going through the, the rest of the comic.
0: Yeah, and it, and it made it, uh, it was nice to see nuance. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to see nuance in your characters, be they for like religious reasons or any other reasons you want, you want characters to be complex and reflective of real people and real people are infinitely complex and don't fit one particular category. And I just thought there's a lot of thought that's been brought to this in this. I mean, we read the first like introduction of the character um, and there was a great deal of thought put into Almost every aspect of it. That's how it felt. It felt like every single word got dissected and analyzed and put together. And yet it wasn't overwritten. It was very naturalistic. And you could be in these conversations with people. So it's a really masterful. I I recommend it. I mean, I'm going to say like, you know, restock, re-steep. I'm going to recommend it to absolutely anyone just from a from the written perspective. I found it really, really a complicated task that they took on that they executed just beautifully. And that's what kept me reading. I was just really like, this is really well thought out and yet very casual at the same time. Oh, on board. That's exactly where I want to live. That's the balance that the peaches and cream teas never seem to strike with me. (laughs) So it was really, really good for that reason. Um, I'm going to I'm going to interject here with a question for you Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um Kelly, do you have a particularly strong affinity for superhero characters that are 16 years old and have to deal with a complicated yet happy family structure and are kind of weird and awkward within those communities? Because And let's just recap for anyone who's just joining us. This is your first episode of Geeks Deep. Uh, Kelly, you're a huge Spider Man fan. That is probably your number one fandom by far. Uh, You said in this episode previously, you know, Squirrel Girl. And like the more I was reading Miss Marvel, I was like, oh, this is second generation immigrant, Muslim, 16 year old Spider Man. That's what I'm reading right now. (laughs) And by the way, on board. Give me more. Loved it. I was like, this is great. But I was like, this is Spider-Man. This this is the archetype of Spider-Man. So uh, I'll be your comic book therapist as you were my tea therapist at the top of the episode. Do you care to share your feelings on that?
1: you, You asked me this right before we started recording too, and I have not stopped thinking about it. But I I genuinely don't think the age has anything to do with it. I think it's just a coincidence. But what I will say, I think is subconsciously intentional, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I know I gravitate heavily towards superhero movies where it's not, you know, world at large stakes. Mm. The comics where you fuck up and the world ends, doesn't really appeal to me I like comics where it's one person you know I I think you said this earlier in the episode I'm gonna paraphrase but like representing or like advocating for their like neighborhood right like the the feel of being small but not too small And it being just like your space, and you know, the Avengers aren't gonna save your street in Jersey City, New Jersey, because it's not even on their fucking radar, right? They've got bigger fish to fry, so it's yeah, I think it's just playing with the idea of superhero powers and yes, awkward characters. I like awkward characters, no one. You know what if you like Captain America or Tony Stark or the charismatic heroes that's fine but they're a little too polished for me I want sarcastic motherfuckers who trip over their own feet and and I know that about myself maybe it's a little personal I don't know
0: but I mean you're going to you're going to like what you like and you're going to you're going to see yourself a little bit in those people I get that you know I it's just I found it, I found it very interesting. I was like, this is now the third comic book world. I mean, you've introduced me to many different comic book worlds, but I was like, I'm starting to see, you know, your thing, which I like. I I mean, I've recently, as early as last week, re- recently realized that apparently my thing, I think, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong, I have a strong affinity for military science fiction.
1: Yeah, I that makes sense yeah which is nuts because i
0: don't know anyone in the military have no desire to go into the military don't even i i do read military like actual history i am interested in that but not in the like i don't know the difference between the tanks i'm not gonna learn the difference between the tanks like that's not happening and it's interesting to learn that about yourself now i'm really thinking like why do i enjoy futuristic military operations like what does that say about me and it's just really interesting that you have kind of the same thing with a particular group of awkward nerds who stand up for their communities and do and, and just try to do the right thing. And I love it. Thank you for sharing with us. <laughs> Thank you for uh, putting me on the spot. And You're very you welcome. Think about it. Yeah, putting you on the spot, recording it and then broadcasting it. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Other reasons we enjoyed Miss Marvel. I'll say it. I'll say something. Because of my history with X-Men, I'm very used to new character shows up, new power appears, and we all get to learn about their fantastic new power. And in the past, I'd say, ooh, 20 years, it's been rough coming up with like new powers. You know what I mean? Because everyone's a variation on a telepath or I do like where the power is so ridiculous that it's like kind of funny, um, but a lot like of squirrel fun. girl, like squirrel girl, yeah, exactly, like squirrel girl. Or I'm trying to think, there was one in in X Men where he 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 was just a chicken. He, I think his name was Beak, and he's just mm-hmm. like a chicken. He's just like a giant chicken, and he was super sweet. And the the character development on him was amazing. But like he didn't like have a mutant power. He just kind of mutated. Or maybe he did at me, if you want. I don't remember. But he was just basically like a giant chicken. And you're like, we are running out of ideas, you know? Um, So what happens with a lot of these newer superheroes, their powers become so overly complicated or really layered as to not really interest me at all anymore. Her power is super cool. It's kind of like you said, it's a combination of Ant-Man and Reed Richards of Fantastic Four. Um, and I'm okay with it, which is rare. I usually, I I hate those combos. I'm like, come up with something new. And it's like, no, her, her character is as adaptable as her, uh, how do I say this as her situation is now speaking as the child of an immigrant, let me tell you (laughs) that you're always part of two worlds. You're part of the new world and you're part of the old world. And the expectations are different and the expectations with your family and the expectations with your friends and the expectations with society are all different. Everybody has very, very different expectations of you. And that can be said for anybody who isn't necessarily, um, you know, the child of an immigrant, but the cultural values come in a lot where what your family thinks is an important value, is not an important value deemed by society. And how do you reconcile those both? So I like the fact that they gave this character a power that is about adaptability, about being bigger in certain moments, about being smaller in other moments, about being able to like change your face. Um, I was just like, yeah, that's very reflective of like what she has to do on a regular basis. Like she has to stand up for herself in certain aspects of her life, like towards her mother or towards, you know, any kind of authority figure. Um, and sometimes she has to just be kind of really small and <laughs> blow through the cracks. And so that's how I interpreted it. I don't know how you feel about her powers.
1: I think you're pretty on the money. And I think it was also an intentional choice for that to, uh, to be reflected. I, I feel like it was a very not heavy-handed but like deliberate metaphor that they were going for and i love her powers i'm so fascinated to see how they're going to portray it like in live action because some of those comic book scenes one looks sick the art is amazing the artist killed it but like you've seen the fantastic four movies Reed Richard never looks cool
0: <laughs> never ever it's such a hard
1: thing to not make look silly well I feel like they have two ends of the spectrum that they can hit it's either gonna look really silly and comical and like for gags or it's gonna look like body horror Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. How
1: are they going to find the middle ground?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. I I, I've heard a few early reviews of this show. People are excited. Apparently they're doing, I've heard references to Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So they're going kind of weird with it, which I'm really excited about. They're not doing like a kind of straight on, um, you know, POV shot of like, this is me becoming a superhero, you know, like they're doing something kind of fun, but that's, yeah, that's how I feel about her powers. It's going to be, it, it. it's, uh, it's going to be hard to show, but it was very well thought out and I very much enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. I thought her friends were really authentic. I thought the whole, I believed the world. And what's wild about that is I believe the world so much that when she is walking through Jersey city at night and a mysterious mist gives her superpowers. I was like, yeah, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) It's better than a cloak and dagger. That's for damn sure.
0: (laughs) Way better. Anything will be better than cloak and dagger, but it's another one of those. It's it's a very daredevil Spider-Man kind of situation where she walked through mist and got yeah. her super peer powers, and I, I understand that later on it a lot more gets like divulged, and I'm sure we find out about like the mist and why it affected her and didn't affect anyone else. But the world was just so charming and authentic that I was like, oh, she got it with a. They could have told me she got electrocuted, and I would have been like, yeah, yeah all right, fine, like whatever. This is this is your thing that turns her into a superhero. Accept
1: it and great. So that was definitely one of my questions for you because. I've read inhumans comics before. So even though I haven't read like all of the infinity arc, I'm familiar with like the inhumans as a species and like their their background. And so when I read that, it was like, oh, I know exactly what's happening here. So my question for you is, how much do you know about the inhumans? Did you pick up on, or do you think you picked up on any of the foreshadowing in the volume uh, about? You know the Inhumans. Her background. What was happening there?
0: Literally nothing.
1: All right, cool.
0: I mean, I I I I know that people hated the Inhumans show. That's like that's as that's as much as I know about the Inhumans.
1: I know. I've I've gone back and forth on if we should ever do the Inhumans show because it is the worst piece of Marvel content I've ever watched. It is brutally bad, uh, and I think it would be hilarious a little bit. But the comics are really good though. So Inhumans Crash Course, Pillar Points, um, it's a gene similar to like the Mutant X gene. So the Inhumans are often like painted as a parallel to the X-Men, right? And it activates with exposure to like this Terrigen mist. So the Inhumans have like their own planet and they live on, on their own planets Um, initially or originally they did and then there was some history stuff that happened to the Inhumans and then a whole bunch of Inhumans came to Earth and now there are people with like dormant Inhuman genes that have been passed on like generationally and so Kamala Khan had a dormant Inhuman gene that has just been passed down generationally unbeknownst to them and there was this big plot thing that happened in the uh, Infinity Arc where this mist that activates inhuman genes was released en masse. And people who had just gone their whole life being people suddenly had these random inhuman powers. And inhuman powers are very much like mutant powers in that they are batshit random and sometimes really good and sometimes really fucking bad. Okay. <laughs> like it's okay. a total grab bag of what's going to happen to you. some of the the main like the two main inhuman characters are black bolt who when he speaks his voice is so loud it kills people he was in the last dr strange movie yes so So you would have seen black bolt and uh medusa whose power is that she can move her own hair as if it was a limb basically
0: Right. I've also seen her in like the promos for the Inhumans show, the redhead, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So
1: like big spectrum of, <laughs> of what we're doing as Inhumans. Right. So, uh oh,
0: wait, are the Inhumans hated like the X-Men?
1: Yeah. They they definitely don't have like good happy feels. Um they're they're not really um treated super well and they very much like keep to themselves, and so like Black Bolt and Medusa are king and queen of the inhuman. so they're like a monarchy. And but uh... okay,
0: so I feel like we now need to do an Inhumans episode because I have like eight questions. I'm like king and queen. Explain um, why would Marvel create another X gene? Because you're essentially explaining to me that it's another X gene, an off-world X gene that eventually call comes to earth but they're called inhumans like, they're, i feel like there's a lot to unpack there and i yeah, feel like season yeah. three is gonna have to have an inhumans something because i'm curious now i am cu- especially since you know kamala khan is apparently an inhuman she's rad i want to know more about that um i think
1: they do a really good job in the ms marvel series in particular because like obviously i've read more than just the first volume which is is what we covered today um one of the main Inhumans characters actually ends up being a pretty regular character in uh, in her series, and that's Lockjaw, the telepathic dog, which is the best character ever. <laughs> <The> what? It's <now? laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's like a dog that can like teleport and has like mind powers. She's very cool. You'd love Lockjaw. So Camilla gets a dog. Spoilers. Oh,
0: that's so awesome.
1: That's so cool. And then uh, Medusa is also present in the comics as a very, very loose. We're using the word loose uh, mentorship kind of role as she comes into her own as a superhero. And also with her identity now, not just like as a Muslim and second generation uh, Pakistani woman like living in America, but also as an inhuman and what all of those different identities mean and how they fit into her life.
0: It's just so cool. It's just so representative of the time that we live in where, thank God, they're not just like making superheroes one-dimensional anymore. We all, all these superhero stories, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this, like, why do I love these stories so much? Why do, I had on... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi this weekend and my two-year-old was transfixed and it made me so happy not that it's actually kind of scary and I was like oh maybe I'm scarring her for life (laughs) we'll find out stay tuned um but when Darth Vader came on the screen she was just she just looked at me like what is that and I'm like that's the single scariest villain in the history of man Like visually, like he's just, it's just so striking, you know? Um, And I was like, why am I so enthralled by that? And it's because I'm passing along these stories to my kids. And it's so nice to see a story like this, where, I don't know, it's not just, it's not just a white dude with a helmet. You know, like the, the heroes are becoming more complex and more layered and they're showing us that we're all heroes and we're all super complex and super layered and adhere to many different kinds of identities. I don't know. It makes me all misty-eyed to just see like this whole world evolving. Cause I'm like, it's, it's, uh, it has a power. It has a power. Like what if somebody who doesn't have any Muslim friends or any Muslim coworkers or knows anyone in the Muslim community and only hears the worst stereotypes about millions of people, millions of people around the planet who are incredibly diverse and have their own languages and cultures. And they're all super distinct from each other, but they get a Miss Marvel in their hands and they're like, oh, wait, they're just people like me. God, Kelly, this is, this has the power to like change the world. I know that's such a huge statement, but it just gives me hope. It gives me hope. And also not to reduce this character just to her religious identity, but like that she's a young woman in America. That's just being a woman in America, but a young woman in America is tough. I don't know. It it gives me all the feels.
1: No, I am. I'm so on board with you. I, I mean, I am a, Pasty ass motherfucking white person from a Christian background who grew up in like rural Saskatchewan. When I say like my the the amount of culture I was exposed to as a child, limited, limited, we're gonna put it that way. And I just think it's beautiful getting to explore other the realities of other people, even though this is a fictional story right? In a way that, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, like I had questions about like some different things uh, relating to like the Muslim faith. And yeah, you can go on Google, but like sometimes you don't know you have questions until someone presents them to you. And to get answers or to see things and read them in a safe context, as silly as that sounds, can be very, very meaningful and and really impactful.
0: Yeah, and I just hope that they keep pushing it and I like I'd love to I don't know, I'd love to finally see a superhero from like I don't know, like a Zapotec background or you know from like Myanmar or like not necessarily predominant like there are there are millions millions of Muslims on the planet. There are millions of Christians on the planet. You know, I'd like to see other religions brought a little bit more in without that kind of culty mystical thing mm-hmm. you know like that you see with superheroes a lot where it's like he's he's the reincarnation of a zapotec god because he is zapotec and i'm like no no like that's not not what i'm asking for you know um but just more diversity more inclusion more and you know I just more I want to learn more about people and where they come from and I want to see it I want to see them fly while while I learn about them
1: <laughs> right well and I want to I really hope this doesn't come off as uh insensitive but like show me the Amish superhero yes. the superhero who's never like seen superheroes because they grew up in like an isolated community how do they navigate like Flight or you know, super strength, or
0: yeah, and it's not to have like a, it's I I understand like your hesitation in saying it. It's not like to have a one of each approach, it's really just to look into the recesses of the human soul and look at everyone's different experiences and see if we can put pen to paper. And have like the commonality of the superhero be the benchmark that we can all get on board with, but have their diversity and their nuance and their layeredness come out through that. It's really it would be really interesting to see that. But that's our wish list. I think we have to start moving on. but I mean, honestly, there's so much to unpack with. It, this is a very short read. This was like this was like thirty minutes in my day. It was absolutely lightning speed. I highly recommend it. Like I said, Kelly, how on earth did you pair this?
1: So this one was hard, but there was one flavor, one ingredient that kept coming to my mind over and over that even though I would think of like different blends that utilized it, I always came back to this one thing and that was pistachio. And that might seem very weird. You're making a face like, what the fuck? How does pistachio connect?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, cause you said like, Something recurring, so I already had like a short list going in my head of like the foods that they talked about or whatever, and I was like, I don't remember pistachio.
1: So, I the tea that I picked uh is from Domon Frere, uh, which is a French tea company, and it is called uh Carcadet Fraise Pistache, which is like herbal strawberry pistachio or something like that, fruit strawberry pistachio, and I I think the pistachio was because it's something that I associate really, really heavily with like middle Eastern desserts. And so like halva, uh, you know, baklava, but just like all different kinds of, of desserts and like delicacies that come from, you know, a wide variety, not just Pakistani, but a wide variety of middle Eastern cultures utilize this ingredient. And, I don't know. When I first started reading this comic series, one of the characters in it reminded me really heavily of a coworker that I worked with, like back when I worked at Value Village, um, who was a practicing uh, Muslim woman who used to bring in pistachio halva to our office um, as like a, just like a sweet kind of like treat that she would just Make because she liked making it, and we liked eating it, <laughs> and so because this comic inherently even like loosely makes me think of her, that was the connection or or the thing that in my head you know stood out and and so, yeah, I wanted to pick a tea that felt appropriate for the comic and the characters, but also like utilized pistachio because. That is, is my, like, personal in real life connection. And so, Carcanet phrase Pistache, uh, which is a fruit blend. I had it cold brewed. It is very sweet. Um, it's almost like a soda-style or candy-style strawberry with that kind of pistachio that is really aromatic um, and almost like a tiny little bit creamy. Um, and tastes like kind of like candied itself or like glazed. And so it makes me think when I'm drinking it, of like a if such a thing were to exist, like a strawberry pistachio soda or cream soda.
0: Okay, yeah. I see, I see what you're I see what you're laying down.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that just like felt appropriate, I think, for the character as well. Like I could picture Kamala after a long day of helping Bruno, her best friend, at like the the supermarket or like the it's like a 7 eleven at the yeah. like 7 eleven he works at and studying coming home and grabbing a soda and like a snack of something like sweet with pistachio or you know a long day of like fighting crime and busting uh bird gangs because spoilers her first major supervillain is an anthropomorphic the word we can never say
0: anthropomorphic
1: anthropomorphic (laughs) bird he's a cockatiel so after a long day of busting up cockatiel gangs coming home and drinking a strawberry soda and having some pistachio halva
0: it works it works it's interesting it's interesting how i find that with reading, I give a lot more latitude and not just because my pairing was barely thought out, but like, um, I give a lot more latitude to what people are drinking because it's just such a longer form that I am like, if you found a connection and it works for you, like, I get it. I really like the parallel you've drawn because it's true that pistachio desserts, that kind of sweet pistachio isn't a lot of, you know, middle Eastern cooking, even, you know, um, mediterranean like i feel like sometimes mm-hmm. we're like the only people not using pistachios just like eating pistach- like the entire planet's using pistachios besides us. um but uh, i like that pairing i like the cold brew aspect of it as well um okay so my pairing as with many of my pairings it's not as intentional as i'd like with the geek or the fandom itself uh, because of just the nature of my life. Uh, My two-year-old decided to wake me up at four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning uh, because the poor thing had sand in her hair from the day before. And I had to deal with that. So after having dealt with that, it was four 30 in the morning and she would not go back to sleep. And I thought, Hey, what a great time for me to catch up on my geek steeps. And that's when I read this Miss Marvel. Um, So the tea that I picked which i picked because i didn't want something super strongly caffeinated because it was 4:30 in the morning and i knew that i wasn't going to be able to go back to sleep but i also knew that i couldn't get my engine started right away and i wanted a comforting flavor to sit down and read a graphic novel like i wanted to sit down and read a comic book with something really comforting and so i went for Brutality's uh walnut msuga cookie which i don't know if i've talked about on this
1: podcast before i don't think you have but, but I know your love of this tea. Uh,
0: I love this tea. I mean, Brutalities has been the revelation for the past six months for me, oh, close to a year now. Uh, there's just something about their flavoring that's got Marika all over it. They just It's like they're hitting the right level for me every single time. Um, but Walnut Sugar Cookie is, it's black tea and Boss. It's got walnuts in it. Uh, it's got lapsangs. So it's like a little smoky. So, uh, I don't know. It just, it's a very comforting cup. It's a very, very, very comforting cup for me and just paired perfectly with the entire read, which you can do in one 16 ounce sitting of hot tea. Honestly, like that's how I, I thought I was going to have to do multiples. I did have a tea when I finished it, but I didn't actually need one while I was reading it. That's how fast this read was. So, I don't know that I'm going to restock and re-steep reading this in particular, mostly because they're doing the live action version on Disney Plus like this week. I think I'm going to restock and re-steep the character and I want to see what she's going to do more. And I thought this was a brilliant and fantastic read. Um, And there are a lot of really good one-liners in this thing, man. A lot of really good one-liners. But I don't think I'm necessarily going to read it again not because it was not because of any I'm not taking anything away from it just because there's so much more to explore with this character and I want to see where she goes so
1: I mean I'm locked in we so before I I get into it, we didn't even talk about the fact I have a Ms. Marvel tattoo you
0: do indeed (laughs) (laughs) that's why I thought this was your fandom
1: (laughs) right it's actually a quote, and the the quote is, good is not a thing you are, it's a thing you do, which is my favorite quote, I think, in any comic ever. Because it's just such a good life motto. And uh, without super, super getting into it, I feel like it really reflects my view of like religion and spirituality as well. And like when people ask me what the scariest thing in the world is, To me, the scariest thing in the world is people who only do good things because they fear the wrath of a god. Mm. Because if the god suddenly changes their morals or, you know, something happens the next day and we suddenly learn like no gods are real and the only thing that was preventing them from being like the most chaotic, evil, cruel people in the world was the fear of like hell or the promise of heaven that's terrifying
0: yeah it's 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 at once it, it feels like really thin if if all of your good deeds are based only in this and it's not to do, it's not to say there is no god because i think i may have stated it on the podcast i think it takes an immense amount of confidence to say there is no god as much confidence as it takes to say there is one. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm always like, when people are like so sure, I'm like, wow, I'd love your level of confidence.
1: <laughs> so I completely agree with you. But the reason I've gotten this tattooed on my arm is not because I'm like, oh God, like let's fear the people who like fear. Right, 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 right. It's as a reminder to myself that like you are your own moral compass, you know, you are only as good or as bad as the actions you put into the world yeah. and I'm just so thankful of Ms. Marvel as a comic for like giving me that mantra that I can use and you know constantly have reminded for myself and and that truly on a like a daily basis I look down at my arm because it is in the most visible to me spot on my arm it could possibly be in and have that uh reminded and and just as a thing to carry out into the universe for whatever the universe to do with it. And so, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm so excited for the live action show. As soon as it is out, I am binging that motherfucker from start <laughs> to finish. Or if they choose to do it weekly, you know, on the dot per week, however they release the episodes. I have read the entire first Ms Marvel series which is like the 38 series that ran from 38 issue series that ran from 2014 to 2019. I'm still collecting the uh the comics. So I've been like getting them volume by volume and I'm going to throw this out into the universe. If anyone can find fucking volume number 8. I can't read as as a person that is just a little bit tiny, tiny OCD, I cannot buy issue nine without having already owned volume eight. And I can't find volume eight.
0: What? In this world of like Amazons and like... I
1: won't buy from Amazon. I'm, oh, uh, okay, okay. A... Cause
0: I was like, that's weird. Like, what happened? I was thinking, like, what happened in volume eight that, like,
1: well, Yeah, you... I'm stuck on volume seven because I can't find volume eight. And then once I get volume eight, I can get the rest of them. This
0: is Miss Marvel volume eight, Mecca. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it because it's called Mecca? Maybe. I don't Cause know. Cause it is
0: also, I just, I clicked into Amazon because I was like, you can't buy from Amazon, but. Girl, I survive on Amazon, so I. It's very hard. It's very hard to find on Amazon. We'd have to pay a very premium price. This is weird. What is happening? What is this?
1: Yeah. All the
0: other, all the other issues are literally next day delivery, except this one. I'd have to buy used for forty dollars. Yep. I. Okay, and it's called Mecca. I feel like I feel like we may have inadvertently stepped into something very large that we're unaware of. Oh my god. Well, uh, if anybody's got a copy out there, <laughs> holla, we're listening. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> um, it has excellent reviews on Amazon. I will, I will say it's got the most five-star reviews out of all of them on Amazon. So it, it's worth it. Clearly, it's worth it. Let's, uh, let's do this. Well, Kelly, and to our viewers, thank you so much for suggesting Miss Marvel. This was an absolute delight. Um, I can't wait to, to do more, read more. I'm so happy that we uh, read something of this caliber and of this quality, not only because it it should be consumed and appreciated, but also because of next week's geek. Yeah. (laughs) Are we switching gears
1: on this one? (laughs) I feel like this week we had a very layered and nuanced conversation with superheroes as the baseline to talk about some big world issues. And next week, we're doing teen drama.
0: <laughs> we're, just, we're just eating a bag of Cheetos next week. We are just, we are empty not- calories. <laughs> empty, empty, vacant calories. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, it's going to be a very different tone. But that's what we love here at Geek Steep is exploring all of these divergent and different worlds. So, you know, to our viewers, if you've got another viewer pick out there, please. It, it, it helps us to see bigger than um, just like the things that we like or the things that we've heard about. And uh, if you listen to uh, the next episode in two weeks, it, if you suggest really good stuff, then maybe you won't have to listen to us talk about teen dramas all the time
1: because that's all we can think of. Until next time.
0: Until next time. That's your hint. Have a great two weeks, everyone.